1: Figure Lending, LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.
0: The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.
2: It's time for
0: the opening, the, the opening drive.
2: Groundhog Day because it feels so familiar. And and I think that when you asked me to summarize kind of what senses in Chicago I don't think you can do that just based on one morning talk show. You know, we had callers to the Mullen show, our reaction, obviously. But I will say this. I mean, you you get a sense after being here for – this is your 10th year. I've been here for 20. I think you know what direction things tend to be headed and you start to look for cues and whether it's the way players are talking or the way fans are reacting. I'll say this. I believe that it feels like the Bears and this regime – Are closer to the end than the beginning and they're 20 games into this regime and so by that i i'm not trying to be a notice me guy and and i don't think i've ever been that way and i and i'm not trying to be somebody who is you know uh, calling for somebody's job because i haven't done that either but i have been in chicago long enough to know where things where things tend to go once they start headed in a certain direction and the bears feel like I, I, Saturday, Sunday may have been like crossing the point of no return. And it feels like that would be as much as anything that when we look back and assess, you know, with the Mark Tressman era point of comparison. And we, we do that a lot just because it's the most convenient one. Cause that was a very dysfunctional two year tenure. But when he, decided to kick a field goal on second down you know that was really like eh, boy you know you're not gonna that's gonna leave a mark <laughs> yeah. and it did this feels like the Kansas City week of preparation and then the way that they were blown out I don't know how Matt Eberflus the head coach in terms of credibility recovers from this and I think that he's on the on the verge of bringing Ryan Poles the general manager down with him. Scary premise. And that's the, the, that that's where
1: I am. I felt a, a level of agitation earlier in the day on Monday. And right now it's just kind of like a, whatever, like here we are, you know, because you, you, you sit here and you, Put me on to Jay Kudo, who's the guy on Twitter who puts out those graphics with statistical nuggets. And he had one last week showing the NFL as if they were baseball standings of the last 162 games, right? I'm sure you saw that. And the Bears were in their standings there, and they were 62 and 100. And they were the fourth worst team in the league in a company with the Browns, the Jets, and the Jaguars, which, as you know, over the last uh, 10-plus years, by the way, that corresponds almost exactly with my entire tenure on the beat. So that graphic hit me particularly hard because it's what I've lived through on this beat. And when I talk about this feeling so familiar and redundant here at Ellis Hall, how many of these Mondays have I sat through, no matter who the coach is standing up there at the dais and telling us, oh, we just got to, got to clean up that one mistake. And there's things on video that are correctable. And if we just do it this week, we're right there. We've documented now that this is their first 0-3 start since 2016. That season ended up being a 13 loss season. You know, so Brad Biggs and I at Tribune.com are trying to sound out The idea on whether the Bears can come back from this, not only the 41 to 10 loss in Kansas City, but the 0 and 3 start to the season. And, And can they? Sure. But I think the GPS has to be reset because statistical probability tells us the playoffs are a far fetched notion. And so now if you're a player in this locker room and you're thinking to yourself, man, like I've got to give every ounce of myself. For three and a half months to maybe conceivably turn us into a six-win football team, the human nature demand of that is it's is massive. And th- that's why I say this is a, a really tough spot on the calendar to be where they are right now because those human nature things are, are hard to get through. And I think they probably sit and listen to their coach preaching the same familiar messages and just go, bro, we've heard this
2: before. So the Broncos are next on Sunday. They're 0 and 3. And then in order come the Commanders at 2 and 1, a team that lost 37 to 3 yesterday. Uh the Vikings who are winless 0 and 3. The Raiders uh 1 and 2, Chargers 1 and 2, Saints 2 and 1, and Panthers 0 and 3. There's a tendency and even a temptation to look at that schedule and to see the soft spots uh, starting with a team that gave up 726 offensive yards and NFL record and 70 points in the Broncos and think that, well, the worst is over. And, and now the bears can start to show signs of progress that Matt Eberflus cited at Hallis hall on Monday. And I, and I caution people to say that, that is pro- probably true, but I don't know if it's cynicism experience or, you know, the inherent negativity that sometimes you feel doing this job and being around this much losing, but those teams that I just referenced are also looking at the bears as the break in their schedules. So I don't know if I find solace or the Bears should fi- find that, uh, find fear in the schedule because it it says, yeah, there's an opening, but it also underscores what we just talked about. If they can't get right, given those teams on the schedule, then what I, you know, ominously you know, foreshadowed in the opening <laughs> comment is going to come true because if you can't beat them, you can't beat anybody. I mentioned the word playoffs a minute ago,
1: right? And your natural inclination is to go find the Jim Mora video and 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 respond to any conversation that includes that word with that famous soundbite. The opposite end of that spectrum is going 0-17. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com. The one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. If we sat here today and you took a poll of a thousand people in the city of Chicago and said, what one is more likely, the Bears making the playoffs at the end of the season or the Bears going winless this season? Which way do you think they'd lean, David? <laughs>
2: I think I think that the, if, if we're taking odds in Vegas, you know, the way that so many odds are taken that more people would think that the, the Bears are closer to being a winless team than a playoff team. There's no and doubt about it. We all know it's almost impossible
1: to go win this in this league. You're going to find your way to a victory or two somewhere along the lines, but this team hasn't found their way to a victory in 11 calendar months. We've checked off every single month of the uh, of the calendar, but but uh, you know, but October because they, they got that one last October in, in Foxborough. Um, I just like th- there's a heaviness to this, right? And th- there's a, there's a heaviness that the players can can put up their uh, guard as much as they want, and they can they can grind, and they can do all the things. Stay together, all those things that you need. There, there, there is still a a monumental human ask to to try to invest in a process that doesn't seem to be leading anywhere. And I think that's where this gets so
2: bleak so quickly. I, I think I, I I think I understand why too. And, and partly, you know, in Chicago, but I think this is probably similar to other NFL cities. Maybe it's is it's exasperated in Chicago because. Other the lack of a quarterback for so long. But if there was more belief in Justin Fields or more progress that was obvious and evident to everybody watching, I don't think it would feel as heavy. I think what's happened in the first three games of this season is that Justin Fields has lost the benefit of the doubt. And maybe he wasn't as close to getting it as, as maybe we were led to believe or, or maybe we thought at one point. But last year was all about accepting the losing because you felt like there was a quarterback here that once he had talent around him improved the talent around him and with experience it was all going to come together this year that's that's not a premise that you can you know point to and it's not realistic because of the flaws that have been obvious in Justin Fields's game so if he's not developing And there's no talent around him enough to raise his level and he's not going to raise the other he's not he's not a multiplier as they say then i think then that's when the reality starts to set in it's like oh boy you know we were wrong about him and if you're wrong about him what else were you wrong about and here we go again nothing is
1: unlocked particularly offensively but nothing period right now inside this organization seems to be unlocked and so you're heading to the month of October you're winless um, you've got all these uh, weights from a year ago that are still here even for people that weren't here they're still a part of the the team's storyline and you just like you literally can't point to anything that you feel good about, that you feel confident about, that you feel is stable and steady right now, whether that's offense, defense, special teams, coaching, drama, dysfunction, top-down leadership, whatever it is, you're just like, where, where, where is the steadiness and stability in all this? Where's the thing that we turn to and say, okay, this is the one thing we can rely on to help us get on the right track? Now, look, like you, you pointed out, the upcoming schedule should be a, a much more favorable stretch than what they experienced in the first month of the season, but you've got to find a way to be close to flawless every week, just to put yourself in games in the fourth quarter to then have the opportunity to try to make a play to go win those games. And right now that seems like a monumental ask. They, they, they don't, they don't sack the quarterback. They barely take the ball away. They rarely make uh, big drives and big moments offensively. You, you, you've got no, you know, Playmakers on this roster, where you go a hundred percent, you go to that guy every single time, and 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 you're going to have something something happen. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, I I just don't even know where you begin the troubleshooting manual for this because there's just so many layers to what is wrong. You know, it's like you need that. It's like it's like trying to fix your your dishwasher, but there's like 19 problems. <laughs> you know, you don't know which one. <laughs> did it? Did we fix this one, or or is it? fixed and it's not working because these other 18 things are broken
2: well they have a lot broken and there's not anything on either side of the ball to point to that gives you some source of inspiration or, or contentment um by, and, by the way
1: if you just want a, a small thumbnail of monday afternoon at house hall go find yourself the the sound of maddie berflus talking about tyreek stevenson's exit from sunday's game where he describes it as you know he came out of the game and then i was kind of uh, of the impression that he was in concussion protocol, but then he wasn't in concussion protocol and it was a neck injury. And we said, well, the official report was that he was out with an illness. Oh yeah. Then it was an illness. It was an illness then. And and yeah, so that's, we're not trying to hide anything. It's just like they, they, they can't even get the basic organizational stuff organized alibi you know, they can't it, even lie correctly or in sync it, or just or just be like <laughs> like have their arms around situations like that that's why week three got away from them because nobody could get their arms around anything whether it was the, a problem whether it was right. the alan williams situation whether it was the justin field situation whether it was all of the the turmoil that that existed here it's just like you you, you just don't feel like there's ever containment to any of it. And it just adds to this, this sentiment in the sense that like this organization is wayward and you don't know where the compass is to get you. It's like Blair Witch Project, you know?
2: Before we get on to our QB1 segment, and we'll have plenty more to say about Justin Fields, wanted to just follow up on that because I got on the Bears this morning on the Molan Show on Monday morning because those two incidences uh, incidents bothered me, and I think they should bother anybody watching. And, and I wanted to know what you thought about the explanations a day later. Justin Fields was helped off the field by DJ Moore. We talked to DJ Moore about that Monday morning on the show. And, and then he returned in a game that was 41-3 to 3 at the time of his return. Tyreek Stevenson earlier in the game on the first series had the helmet-to-helmet contact where he hit his head also on a camera uh, equipment, and he was clearly dazed. And then he came back the next series, and then he later left. But I just wonder, I'm supposed to, we're supposed to buy the idea the concussion protocol was followed? I thought this was going to be you know, the the era of increased awareness and erring on the side of caution. In neither case, you could say the Bears erred on the side of caution if both guys returned to action within, you know, 15 minutes in real time of getting hit in the head and being wobbly. A year ago, Jaquan Brisker
1: had multiple instances in the game in Atlanta, and he ended up in concussion protocol coming out of that after being checked for head injury, coming back in the game, hitting his head again, and then, and then leaving Duquan Brisker missed. I don't remember how many games it was during that stretch, but but he he will talk openly about how, how kind of wayward he was for that stretch that he was out, you know, struggling uh, having to kind of be by himself in dark rooms and, 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 you know, just get himself back right again. And, and like, you're right to ask questions about about procedural things about how is this being handled what what exactly went right and what exactly went wrong in these instances i i, I don't know what the answer is but you you're right like this is supposed to be the era of of you know err on the side of caution at, at, at all costs make sure you know uh, <laughs> that we need to take these player health and safety issues very, very seriously. And there seems to be a couple instances here where, where questions are at least valid, you know. And, and what, what did DJ say in terms of his uh, response and, and kind of his instincts that kicked in, obviously, in that
2: moment? That, his, that he's always going to act that way, and he's got an increased awareness for himself and other players. And in that case, he could tell that it was just one of those things. He didn't. He, he was very careful, and he is very I, – I, w- I would think early on, he, he's been very guarded in, in my view, um, a lot of respect for him as a professional, but I don't think that he wants to get into a situation where he was being viewed as as pointing a finger in any direction. So I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I had to ask him about it, and I think that because it was one of those things. But he didn't say anything that would lead you to believe that Justin Fields was compromised more than – um more than it was obvious already and he shouldn't have returned he did not say anything that could be interpreted that way I just think that from the naked eye you know if you're going to if you're going to take a chance and if it were a tight game I think you would understand if the Bears were a good team you might understand they're getting beaten 41 to 3 and a quarterback who supposedly is your quarterback of the future why would you take that risk? And, and Matt Eberflew's post postgame, I think, was rather cavalier about it and acknowledged, well, he was cleared. Common sense at some point has to prevail for a, a regime again that is supposed to be all about culture and common sense. So that's what bothered me as much as anything. I'm,
1: I, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear.